0: Hey everyone, you're listening to the Exchange Student Ministry Podcast. God, we just thank you for this time and the opportunity to just come together, Lord, and just uh, uh, just uh, worship you through this time. Uh, I pray that as we get ready to dive into what you have uh, prepared for us tonight, Lord, that you will just... Uh, uh, you'll speak through me. And you'll help clear my mind of anything else other than what you want uh, said tonight, Lord. I pray that you will just use this night and help any students who are uh, uh, going through any difficult times to just uh, really take this to heart, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So I want to welcome you to our first week in our new series called Totally Mental. Uh, in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about uh, the truths about suffering with mental illness. Uh, We're going to be talking about truths, and I guess you could call them untruths about mental illness. Uh, One thing that the church, not necessarily movement church, but the church in general has not done a great job of is with mental illness. And it could be with understanding or possibly even trying to understand. The way mental illness is viewed within the church and approached can really push people deeper into hiding or push them deeper into their own suffering and darkness and it can really push people into lonely solitude. And we don't want that here at The Exchange. We, we want you to be you and you'll be loved and accepted just as you are. So over the next few weeks, I wanna look at what mental illness really is and how you can really reach through your darkness through your own darkness, if you are suffering, and how we can love you through it. So I have one main point tonight, and it's just one main point, and I do apologize if we go a little bit longer than we have the past few weeks. There's a lot of material here that I want to get through tonight, and I think it's really important that we get through it. Uh, but I have one main point, and it is that mental illness is not a sin. Mental illness is not a sin. This is not my opinion. This is not just some random... Fact That someone put out on the internet. This is a biblical fact and we're gonna break that down tonight And I want you to hear this and understand what I'm saying here. Maybe you have struggled with guilt because of mental illness and maybe you've even heard a pastor tell you that this is a sin and I want you to hear from my lips tonight right here live on all these platforms mental illness is not a sin And I want to prove it to you with biblical facts. For the purpose of this series, we're going to be mainly focusing on anxiety and depression. Now, it's not to say that uh, other types of mental illnesses are not as important. That's not what I'm trying to say here. I just want to kind of narrow it down because these are two of the most common forms of mental illnesses. And it's most likely that we have people watching here tonight who are suffering from these right now. 1 out of 5 teenagers struggle with or suffer from depression. 1 out of 5 teenagers suffer from depression. 1 out of 8 teenagers suffer from anxiety. So statistically speaking, there will be people on here suffering from this right now. And if you don't have mental illnesses, the truths we cover tonight will still apply to you. So before we dive into what the Bible says, I want to discuss what depression and anxiety are not. Depression is not just this feeling of uh, feeling sad. It's more than that. Anxiety is not just being worried. You know, you, you might hear some people say uh, or use the words loosely uh, in your everyday lives. You may hear someone say, you know, that TV show made me depressed. Or that test that I had at school today gave me anxiety. It's more than that. It's, it's more than just sadness and feeling worried. Depression and anxiety occur when someone's brain does not produce enough natural neurotransmitters. And I'm not really going to dive too deep into the chemistry side of this because I'm not a chemistry expert, but I want to kind of explain this a little bit so that way you can kind of understand where I'm coming from. If a brain produces enough of these chemicals, it can. someone can regulate how they feel. They can regulate how they feel emotionally or physically, but they are able to control how they feel a little bit better. If the brain does not produce enough of these chemicals, you will most likely end up with one of these mental illnesses. And you may have trouble controlling the way that you feel or coping with everyday activities or maintaining relationships, uh, feeling physically ill for no reason, feeling hopeless or feeling like you're a failure. And this is all directly linked to the chemistry that's in your brain, but you were born with this brain. And there's nothing that you can do to change that. Mental illness is so complex. And for those of you who don't have it, it can be really easy to make quick judgments and broad statements about mental illness. And we have to be very careful with this. Some people are born with this, with mental illness, or they develop this over time. And this can really help us answer the following questions. Am I sinning because of my depression? Am I I sinning by being depressed? Am I wrong for feeling the way that I do? Is it a faithless cop-out be treated with counseling or by medication and i would answer all of these questions by saying no it's not psalm 139 we're going to be jumping around to some different passages tonight uh, so i would encourage you to uh, turn in your bibles if you have them with you if not i'm going to read them here for you psalm 139 13 through 16 it says this you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Who made you the way that you were? Who knitted you together In your mother's womb who made your brain the way that it is God did God made you God made you special God has created your brain and created the brain chemistry that goes with it and sometimes your brain will try to tell you that you are worthless but I'm here to tell you tonight God has never seen you that way God has never seen you as worthless you were worth noticing before you even had a heartbeat. You were worth you were worth creating and forming. The final product ultimately being you is exactly what he wanted to make and he didn't screw that up. He didn't make a mistake. He made the right person you the right way at the right time. Scientific studies have proven that mental illness is caused by your brain chemistry and God made your brain and the chemistry as it currently is so is it possible that having depression as a result of the brain God created and Gave you is a sin. Is it possible? Could God cause you to sin like that? The answer is no James 1, 12 through 13, it says this, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. God cannot tempt you with evil, God cannot cause you to sin. It is not possible within his nature to do that. He desires for us to be holy. He desires for us to pursue perfection. And to, he desires for us to do only the things that please him. He is not going to trip you up like that. So if mental illness was a sin or receiving treatment for mental illness then it would be God's fault that you are sinning because that's how he made your brain and that is not an accusation that we can make. That is not an accusation we can make. There are times when we wanna try to fix things and I am very guilty of this. I have a tendency to want to try to fix things uh, that sometimes I just can't fix. Uh, But that is just who I am, that is how I am. Um, I, I like trying to fix things, but when someone feels depressed We want to try to pull them out of that state. That's how we naturally respond as humans But most of the time people with mental illness just want you to be okay with them feeling the way that they do They don't want you to try to force them out of what they're feeling This can make them feel unloved And like you are not accepting of who they are. Long story short here is it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 4. It says this, For everything there is a season. A time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. There is a time to feel everything that we feel. And it's okay to just feel something. Sometimes you will feel overwhelmingly sad and you just feel like you need to cry. And not just regular crying with a few tears streaming down your face, a sorrowful, bitter, powerful type of crying. And it's okay to feel this way. It's okay to feel this way. Sometimes you'll feel so happy and you can't control your laughter and you can't hold back your laughter. This is okay. It's okay to feel this way. God gave us feelings and emotions, and they are meant to be felt, not suppressed. God gave us these feelings for a reason. And we tend to try to rush people from feeling sad to feeling okay. We tend to try to rush them out of their feeling. This could be part of our genuine desire to want to help people, which is where, where I am, that I I genuinely want to help people. But this could also be our genuine desire to not feel uncomfortable with not knowing what to do. And I've also been there. We have to lovingly let people feel what they are feeling. And this doesn't mean that we should avoid them. It doesn't mean that we need to just shun them away, let them do what they're doing on their own. This doesn't mean that we can't attempt to comfort them. We should be with them and comfort them. We need to show them that they are loved and that we want to be around them and we want to love them in their best times and in their worst times. Some people believe that if you are a Christian, you should be joyful all the time. You should always be happy. You know, Jesus experienced deep sadness himself. I'm not saying that Jesus had depression, but Jesus felt depression at times. Isaiah had said that the Messiah, Jesus, would be a man with, that was well acquainted with grief. And Isaiah, uh, the book of Isaiah was written before Jesus was born. So Isaiah had said this before Jesus had even been born from Mary. So the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 53, verses 1 through 4, it says this. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest Grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. Jesus was a man of sorrows. The Hebrew word for sorrow means being in mental pain and anguish. Jesus felt that. He was acquainted with grief. The Hebrew word for grief is a sickness or disease characterized by malady, anxiety, and calamity. Jesus felt what you might be feeling right now. But Jesus never sinned. This means that he never, ever did anything wrong. Hebrews 4.15 says that Jesus was tempted in every way that we are, but he never Sinned. So if it wasn't a sin for Jesus to feel and experience what he felt and experienced, then it's not a sin for you to feel it either. It can't be. Mental illness is a difficult condition to live with, but I want to I want to let you know that you can do it. You can Do it you can experience it and you can feel everything it wants you to feel, but you don't let it you don't have to let it own you You don't have to let this own you because it can cause you to make bad decisions and it will try But we're going to talk more about that in week three of this series And you may think that the only solution here with your mental illness is to hurt yourself You may think that that is the only solution that you have left. And I want to let you know that you don't have to let it own you like that. And if you are in that boat and that's the kind of mindset that you have right now, I want to challenge you to reach out to me or reach out to someone else because you need to talk to someone. And you need to get the help that you need to talk through this. And maybe you just need to have a conversation with someone. But I wanna challenge you, if you feel like this is the only option you have left, you don't have to let it own you like that. Mental illness might tell you that you don't need people at all. And you might try to isolate yourself from everyone, including church. Now I know that we're in a difficult time right now with the coronavirus and we literally can't go to church and be with people, but that doesn't mean that we have to isolate from everyone. It doesn't mean that we have to just Get rid of our uh, remove ourselves from every situation. We have the technology now where we can actually talk to people We can reach out to people. We can try to Really connect with people even though we're not in person You don't you don't have to let it control you and you don't have to let this mental illness take this away from you And you may need may feel like you need to escape And this could be by using drugs, by self-medicating, or maybe it's from alcohol. And you don't need that. You don't need that. First of all, it's not healthy, and it's not good for you. But that solution is only temporary. The solution with drugs and alcohol, it's a temporary solution. You'll feel good for a little bit, but you're not gonna feel good forever with drugs and alcohol. Mental illness is not a sin, so don't let it drive you to sin. Don't let mental illness drive you to sin. Many people in the Bible experience deep sorrow, and we see that it drove them to God, not away from God. We see David uh, in Acts 13, uh, 22. It says that David was a man after God's own heart. And uh, if we spend time in the Psalms that he wrote, we can uh, can see that he often experienced sorrow, but in his deepest trouble, he trusted God. Psalm 13, it says this, O Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord, my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat saying, We have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. And this this is the important part here. Listen here. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good To me. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like you've been forgotten or that God wasn't there or God was hiding from you and he just didn't want to be there? Have you ever felt like this deep sorrow like David was expressing here all day long? David did. But the key part here is when he says this, but I trust in your unfailing love. Even in the time when he was struggling, he trusted God. He knew God's love for him was still there, even though he didn't understand at all. And I want to let you know that God loves you too. God loves you too. Maybe you are hurting, or maybe you feel the way that David was feeling, where he felt forgotten. Or abandoned and he was hurting all day. Maybe you feel that way. But I want to encourage you that you have not been forgotten. God has not forgotten you. God sees you. God sees you. And I want to encourage you with that. He saw you when you were an unformed substance. Before you were even created. Before you even thought about here on earth. God saw you. He saw you, and he hasn't taken his eyes off of you since. He cares about your pain. God cares about your pain. And he's not condemning your pain. It's not a sin to feel, and he loves you deeply. Don't run from God because you hurt or because of your pain. Run to him because you hurt, because of his unbelief. Failing love. So as we close out here tonight, and I know I went a little bit longer than I normally do, but there was a lot of things here that I wanted to make sure that I got in here. As we close tonight, I'm going to pray. And if you're struggling with this, I want to encourage you to reach out to me, uh, whether it's by texting or if you want to message me or whatever, my information's on our Instagram page and our uh, uh, Facebook page. I want to encourage you to reach out to me. I would be more than happy to talk to you Um, I think it's really important for us to talk together uh, through all this. But I want you to understand that you don't have to go through this alone. You may feel like you're alone in this fight, and you're not. First of all, God's there for you, and God sees you. Even in the times where it feels like we don't see or hear God, God is there. God is with you. But I want you to know that I'm also here, and I want to hear what's going on, and I want to be there for you. Um, And that was one of the things that I had told uh, Pastor Jeff uh, when uh, we were talking about me taking this job. I had told him that my heart breaks uh, for students uh, who struggle with this because I've known a lot of students who struggle with this. And I think it's heartbreaking when students uh, don't reach out to someone. And I want to let you know that I want to be that person for you. If you need to reach out to someone and just talk to someone, I want to be that person for you. So we're going to pray tonight. And like I said, if you need to reach out to me, feel free to reach out to me. My information's all over the pages. So uh, let's go ahead and pray. God, we just thank you for this time, Lord, and just the opportunity to be here uh, online, Lord, in this situation. I pray that you will just uh, help these students, uh, these parents, these leaders, these adults, anyone who's on this, uh, this feed, Lord. I pray that you will just help them to understand that you are with them that you are here during their struggles during this time where it feels like maybe it feels like you're not there God. I want to I pray for these people that you that they will just realize that even though you may not they may not hear you right now God, it doesn't mean that you're absent Lord. I want to pray that you will just uh you'll help us to and guide us into the situations that we need to go in into uh, uh talking to someone. I want to pray that Uh, We will just reach out to you, Lord, and reach out to someone if we need to talk. I pray all this in your name. Amen.